You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos, I hate calling myself that, and underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Welcome to another edition of Delirious Nomads with myself, my partner, Matt Bacon. This is brought to you from Metal Blade Records, Blacklight Media Records, and we couldn't be more excited. Um, we have the legendary legend, Johan Haig from Amon Roth. I can't even believe it. He's here. All right. Hi, How are you doing? Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this, brother. Hey, my pleasure, man. It's it's uh, it's an honor to be on there. So. Good to see you. The only way yeah. I can see Hey, yeah, you too, man. It's been a while. Last time I saw, when's the last time I saw you? Was that also Brian's party? I can't remember. Yeah, well, yeah, online, yeah, but like in person, it's it's got to be a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I think I think it was at uh, the Rainbow Room. That might be it. Yeah, yeah. It's been quite a quite quite a year. Oh, we're, wow. uh, we're recording yeah. this on <laughs> what is it? Thursday, March seventeenth. So we're about a year, two weeks into the pandemic. Um, have you been where? Have you, have yeah. you, where have you been this whole time? Have you been in Sweden the whole time? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, um, we were on our South and Latin America run when the pandemic hit, basically, and uh, we had to cut the five last shows off the tour and and go back home. And since then, pretty much, I've been home. I mean, stuff's been going on at home. With you know, so it's been it's been good to be home as well. But you know, it's 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 kind of weird. <laughs> I'm not used to being home this long. I mean, what's the, I'm sure you've read and are aware that or or talked to people. It's been really rough here in the States, the management of COVID and everything. What's it been like in Sweden? It's kind of weird how it's been, but it, technically we didn't do any like hard lockdowns or anything. I think one of the major problems we had in Sweden, which is why we have a lot of fat- fatalities really, is that the um, in the beginning they kind of missed to, because nobody really knew what was going on. So they kind of missed to protect the elderly like the old folks homes and all that stuff so once um the disease started getting in there people were dying a lot of people were dying it's not the worst in europe but it's 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 pretty bad but on the other hand i think economically and and like for most people in general i think we're better off because they didn't really do a hard lockdown they're trying to enforce a lot of it now but it's it's difficult in sweden because sweden hasn't been in a war since like 1809 or something like that right so we don't have any martial law or anything so the government can't just like they legally they can't shut the society down they have to use other laws to do it so one one thing they're doing trying to do now is to to stop people from socializing like outdoors so they go at like they, they go through the liquor law basically 
uh, saying that you can't serve alcohol in a restaurant after like 7.30. That's it, right? Which basically, basically meant that everybody who has got a restaurant now has to close at eight. So, you know, it's, it's like they're kind of going after that one business for some reason, you know, because they can't really shut anything else down. So it, it's kind of a weird situation in Sweden because they put a law in place now so they can like do certain things, but it, it, they still don't want to do a complete shutdown of the society. And I, I, I think it's a good idea. I think it's good. But at the same time, you know, spreading again. But yeah, it's been weird. Yeah, I can. I mean, I obviously can relate on the restaurant side. We have I have 37 of them and uh, my, my company has 37 of them. And um, we've had to shut down almost everything. And, you know, was, yeah. and then reopen only outside and then shut that back down and then reopen outside and a little bit inside and then shut that back down. It's just been like, it's been a nightmare. although everything's starting to open back up again. And this time, yeah. it's like it might be for good but who knows but you guys have gotten pretty far with the vaccinations and stuff in sweden it's been problems because deliveries have been like canceled or delayed so it's like it's kind of dragging now and we'll see i think they they were hoping to have the majority of people vaccinated like by july Mm -hmm. and now we're maybe looking at september instead so it's it's... so how does that feel for like 2021 and a band that kind of tours on the scale that yours does uh, well, I mean, for us at, at the moment, we're in a situation where we weren't like we had summer festivals planned, uh, but we kind of figured they weren't going to happen anyways. We were hoping, well, maybe they still will. I mean, if, if vaccinations pick up, we might be able to do some of the shows this summer. I doubt we'll be able to do all of them. Some festivals here in Europe are already canceled, like Download, for instance, yeah. and I think Hellfest in France as well. Yeah. So some some of those like festivals are canceled, but ours are majority. The majority of our shows were in July uh, and then a couple of late August. So if things go well, maybe we can do the last ones in July and a couple in August, maybe. But the thing is, like once they start opening things up, it's going to take a lot of time for people to be able to travel, anyways. And yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be like a, a little bit of a messy situation when they start opening things up again before everything is in place. Yeah. Plus, plus, I mean, everyone is going to want to go out on the road, obviously. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, that's going to that's going to be that's going to be really, really weird. I think lots of band are going to go try to go do touring and it's going to be it's going to be difficult not only to book venues, but just, you know, to do decent tours because everybody's going to be one out and yeah. be out there. I feel for tour managers who have to route tours like because it's gonna be really, really hard to book. It's going to be difficult, but. I mean, so, so what we've been talking about is is to take it relatively easy and instead of going back on the road on an old album, because, I mean, basically we had to cut the touring season for Berserker in half. We had to cut in the middle. So we had a couple of tours lined up that we couldn't do. If we're going to come back and do them, we're, we're going to have an album that's a couple of years old. So we figured maybe instead start writing new material and release a new album before we tour. So... Yeah, so that was my next question. Is that have you been or have you started that process already? No, but we've been talking about it. It feels like the good thing for us for us to do the situation we we're in because there is a lot of people who look a lot of bands who've released albums that are like eager to tour on them. 
but that haven't toured at all and those albums are relatively new and all that stuff and it would be weird to to come out there and, and try to compete with bands who have newer albums and all that stuff right, so. sure sure but you, uh, if I'm right, this is next year. 2022 is your 20th anniversary, right? 30th. Yeah. I was I mean, 30th. Say. Sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah. That's what I meant. But <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Made me feel a bit younger there. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually didn't think about that. That's true. Yeah. That seems like it needs a tour, a tour of its own. No. Yeah. Maybe uh, could, could be something. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it, it's I actually. Honestly, haven't thought about it at all. I'm not sure if anybody else has. We've been occupied with trying to figure out what to do this year that we like really don't have anything to do. I mean, there's a couple of plans that we're trying to put together that are online stuff. Again, we actually kind of have to travel to make it happen. So I don't know like how to really do it, but I guess we'll figure it out somehow. You guys aren't really in close proximity with each other, the rest of the band? You're kind of far apart? Well, uh, we are. I mean, we're all in Sweden, and, um, you know, uh, it's it's uh, it's not that. The problem for us is that all the gear and all the equipment, like, we have in Europe, basically, is in Germany. So, right, okay. so it's either transport everything up here or we go down there. It's still a hassle, you know. What's the last year look like for you? What have, what have you been up to? Not much, really. Just taking some well-deserved time with my wife and cats and the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but we've been hanging out here in Sweden and doing a lot of cool stuff. You know, uh, um, I started a project with with my wife uh, where we do like uh, physical training. Like uh, it's it's she's she's a yoga instructor and um, but she kind of wanted to do something like yoga inspired, but also with like um, influences from from Norse mythology and and all that stuff to, to create something unique because a lot of the yoga that you see today is perhaps it's very generic and it's like it kind of strayed a, a long way from where it came from so she thought well what if I, I take my inspiration inspiration like that we have locally and, and bring it into this physical practice and and try to be inspired by our ancestors and and their philosophy and and psychology even uh, and i thought it was a super cool idea and she asked me if i wanted to be a part of it and i said hell yeah <laughs> because I, i've been doing um a yoga practice as a warm-up for like 12 years now basically so it's it's uh, something that I do almost every day, and obviously when I'm home I do yoga with my wife and, and all that stuff, and it's 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 really helped my body in a, in a awesome way. So, um, so we started doing this thing called Hegviger, which which basically means the way of the Hegs. We have this Instagram account it's called Hegviger. It's H E G G V E G R. So it's kind of weird. So, an e missing at the end there but it's it's old norse the veget is old norse for way so we do we have the instagram account and then we also have a, a tv channel like an online tv channel or something called boon tv boon.tv there people can subscribe to the whole channel and take the classes and everything and some of them are like weekly but then everything is saved in the archives so like you can go back and do classes and all that stuff or if, if you just want to try it out, it's you can purchase the classes as a one-off thing as well. So it's kind of a, a cool way to to reach out and to stay busy and, and 
to have a good time as well. Yeah, no, it's been cool. It's been cool talking to people and seeing how they've used the time and how people have pivoted in unexpected ways to yeah. you know, kind of not just not just take up the time, but to like kind of learn either learn a new skill or or bring or bring something out to the people like you're doing. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah, yeah. One of the things we did actually was we did like a, a segment called Learn This Weekend's sequence where my warm-up pr- practice that I've done for all these years that where we teach that. We kind of developed it a little bit and then we, then we teach that and so that people can try it out and because it honestly has helped my well it's helped my body but also my singing a lot so it's it's uh it's it's really it's really good stuff actually so something i've talked about a lot with um einar from wardruna has been this idea of like why old norse culture sort of resonates around the world you know what is it about old Norse culture that intersects with yoga? And then what do you, why do you think that appeals to kind of people on a broader level? Well, I think one of the things that, that, that I feel with, with the old Norse culture or, or like the mythology and, and the aspects, obviously everything that we have now is interpretations because it's not a living culture. So we know certain things, but it it's not a living culture like, like Hinduism or, or, like in like Native American traditions or anything. It's not something that we've been doing for thousands of years. It, it kind of stopped when Scandinavia was Christian. It kind of stopped. Uh, some of it, some of it ha- has lived on, so you can put some pieces together, but it's hard to know exactly what's going on. So basically, a lot of stuff that people are doing now is the, the using the, the, the runic alphabet, the, the Uthark or the Futhark, and all these the intricacies of what the, the runes are named and how they relate to the season, the changing of the seasons and everything, it's very, very like psychological, actually. So when it comes to yoga, you can look at these runes and say, well, this room represents uh, like the ice room, for instance, the eye room, the Isa, which is ice. It represents stagnation, uh, stillness, uh, frozenness like something is still. And then the next room is the Yera, the J room, which Yera means year. So it's, it's, it's a, a circular room that kind of talks about harvest and everything. So when you move from ice to Yera, everything starts to move and grow. So like, if you look at those like intricate, like psychological things, not just in nature, but in, in the body, there you can see a lot of inspiration that, that kind of correlates with yoga because sometimes we do feel stagnant. Like like for me, for instance, I I was sleeping really bad the other day when we're going home from our uh, summer house and uh, like my, my shoulder got stuck. Like really, I, 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 like I couldn't turn my head and yeah, I was just... So I started doing this, like this practice that we we Maria Maria put together which which focuses a lot on the shoulder and, and shoulder blades and everything and it it really loosened that up so I moved from something stagnant frozen to something that was moving so if you look at all the runes they have different meanings and everything you can you can correlate all of those into something yogic because a lot of the stuff with yoga is very psychological so in that sense they're kind of connected uh, and that's the way we look at it uh, when we try to connect these, because 
also one thing that I think is when you take something as a yogic uh, tradition, obviously it stems from India and you have Hinduism, but it's, it's a different culture and it's hard to understand it fully. But if you can take your own culture and assimilate that with the, the physical practice, you can sort of understand it better or, and uh, um, adapt to it better, better, I think. That's my personal opinion. Very cool. Why is Sweden been traditionally such a hotbed for fucking amazing metal? Like, what is happening there? <laughs> the water? What, what's going on? Uh, I don't know. I mean, one thing that uh, often comes up when we get these types of questions is that when we started out, for instance, I mean, these places in literally every town in Sweden, there was some would be something called like a youth club or like a... Um, like a youth hall uh, where you could go uh, and just hang out like with your friends, shoot some pool, watch a movie. But they would also often have like rehearsal places that you could rent for cheap. And you could also borrow gear. And some even had like where you could get like people working there would know how to play an instrument and they would teach the kids how to play. So that stuff was going on when we were growing up. And, and, and it, I think that's a really big factor because anybody in Sweden who wanted to, no matter what your background was, could start a band. You didn't have to have shitloads of money to be able to start a band. It was, you know, anybody could do it. So I think, I think that's one of the main factors. But I also think that, uh, and this is my personal opinion, so I'm not sure, but I think Swedes and Scandinavians in general are a very, very like melodic uh, country. There are a lot of folk music traditions in these in, in the Scandinavian countries, and and they're still very important. And they're still very the, the folk music is very prominent in, in Scandinavia, and I think it reflects in the music as well. And I think that also may be a reason why metal is such a big thing here, because a lot of the folk music that we have up here is very melancholic and like it's easier to adapt that sense of music into metal, I think. Got it. Yeah. What did you and what did you listen to growing up? Like what got you into metal? It's, it's funny. The first song I know that I listened to that that would resemble any type of metal would be twist and shout by the beatles <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i was just a kid i was i was really young but when i was about like five six seven like my best friend had a, a brother who was five years older than him and he would listen to all the classics like deep purple rainbow black sabbath led zeppelin all those bands right so obviously you get into it through there and then when you like when i was about 10 i found like metallica uh, another friend of mine played me metallica and i was i was like this is fucking mind-blowing like how can you play this fast it was like kill him kill them all right? Yeah, right so that's kind of like how the ball got rolling for me uh, and that's what i listened to when i was growing up like a lot of like old school heavy metal or hard rock but also like then going into some harder stuff like metallica and later slayer yeah nice right What's always been interesting to me is like you kind of came out of like one of the the great death metal scenes, like with what mm -hmm. was happening in Stockholm and 
yeah. 88 to 92. And obviously, yeah. like, Scum was a part of that, but you weren't really in Scum, right? Well, Scum broke up, and when they when when they reformed, I came as, in as a yeah. singer. But then there were some member changes, and all of a sudden, there was a new band. So Yeah, so my question is, like, to what extent were, like, you personally invested in sort of what was going on in death metal and like with entombed and unleashed and nihilist and were you like part of that personally not at all and i would say that us as a band uh not very much because we were from yeah. the southern suburbs okay so for us we were hanging out a lot with another band from the suburbs called excretion and they were really good friends with desultory if you remember those guys mm -hmm. uh, who were also on metal blade for a, for a couple of albums those guys were our house gods in a way where we grew up because they were, they were the first ones from our area that landed a record label deal. But the Stockholm scene was kind of weird because we never really belonged to it, even though we were yeah. from Stockholm. That's what I was curious about. Yeah. I mean, all those guys like Entomb, Dismember, Unleashed, all those guys knew each other. They were from roughly the same area, but we were kind of like outside that. But oddly enough, I had I had a discussion today because, um, as you may know, um, LG Petrov, the singer from Entomb, passed away a couple of weeks ago. And I was talking to uh, Martin Carlson, who's the editor of Sweden Rock magazine, and, uh, about when I met him. It was this weird thing because we had hardly released anything, really. And I was at a bar in Stockholm and I went to play some like blackjack on, you know, they had like a this casino part. So I was sitting there, you know, wasting my money and LG Petro was sitting a couple, couple of chairs down and I was like, oh shit, that's LG Petro from Entomb, you know, like a little bit starstruck. And then I'm standing there and all of a sudden he turns to me and says, hey, you're uh, Johan from Mama and Marth, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> How the fuck, you know? And we just started talking and and he was like the coolest guy. We became friends and, and I mean, obviously he had a lot of friends who were closer to him than I was, but we, 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 we stayed in touch, you know, and I was really happy. Um, I got to talk to him just a couple of weeks before he passed away. So it felt good to have done that because I didn't talk to him for a long time before that. So I'm really grateful that I got a chance to say, to, to talk to him a little bit and see how he was doing and all that stuff. So, yeah, that was a great loss. Great, great loss. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible, and, and it's 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 a testament to him, to him, and and who he was as well, because he was still talking about Entombed AD and how they were gonna do the next album and record, and he was he was a metal guy through and through, but super humble and like a, a really funny guy and and genuine, like he was authentic in every sense of the way, really. Switching gears, tell me. So you sent you were you sent me some great boxing gloves. <laughs> yeah thank you very much yeah they're they're pretty good they're great actually i really i really love them and it's funny i so i train at a really famous gym in, in here in, in los angeles wildcard yeah. boxing gym with um freddie roach who's a hall of fame trainer he trains manny pacquiao and yeah. it's all it's an all pro gym i'm like the only non-pro that's allowed to work there and uh and whenever i i kind of i kind of rotate my gloves around but whenever i bring those in everyone's like what are those like I've never seen. Them before. <laughs> <laughs> so, the question. Yeah, is, what, I mean, what is the story behind behind the you know Grim Frost and and that whole thing? Well, actually, two guys that I kind of like know on the side, like, but not really well. They approached me. Um, 
because they've always been like traveling merchants in Viking apparel, like swords, clothing, everything, right? But one of them got tired of it, so he started an online shop for Sweden, but he wanted to bring it to the next level and go like worldwide with it. But he felt he didn't have the the know-how and everything. So he talked to his other friend who is a bit of an entrepreneur. So they came up with the idea they, that they should ask me to be like part of the like just as the face of the company when they started up. So just as a you know commercial thing, basically. So we had a meeting and uh, they were willing to offer me a part of the company like for doing this. And it was supposed to be like a, an hour meeting or something. And it turned into like a, a whole afternoon where we, where we were spitballing ideas and everything. And all, after afterwards, they came back to me and said, hey, listen, we, we really like your ideas and, and uh, we like your, your thought of it. You want to be a full partner. So nice. So we started this company um, five years ago and, and uh, it's been going really well. And we, we wanted the, the, one of the ideas that we had was that we wanted to have like authentic, like period times, like weaponry, jewelry, clothing, all that stuff. But the idea was to build a bridge between the past and the present and let the past inspire the present. So a couple of ideas that we had was to, to bring in gym equipment and also fighting equipment because Vikings love doing sports and they loved fighting, obviously. So it kind of made sense <laughs> to make boxing gloves. And obviously you have to have the crusher on the, on the, on the glove, yeah, which yeah. is the hammer, hammer of Thor. That's what Mjolnir means. It means the crusher. Right. So it's, yeah. <laughs> great, man. I love them. They're great. They fit well. They feel light. I totally agree. I actually train myself. Not, I mean, I'm not nearly as good as you are, but I train myself and, and uh, I bought some different gloves in, in, you know, in the past, both like more expensive and, and cheaper ones. And, these are really, really high quality. I was, I was really happy to feel the quality of these gloves when, when we got them because I was a, like when, when my colleague said that he'd found these gloves, I was like a little bit skeptical because you figure out oh, like could be iffy, you know. You yeah. want to you want to have a good quality product, and I think we found it. Yeah, no, they're holding up great. I love them. Thank you very much again. Hey, hey. Going, getting back to tr touring and whatnot. I mean, you guys definitely are. You're, you're such a touring band. How long, like, does your wife tour with you at all? Or when you're on tour, you like, you don't see her at all? It's difficult to take her on tour all the time, but we try to to make sure that uh, that she can come along for a week here or a week there. Right. Yeah. Usually, what I've been doing in like actually what we did last time in the states was that she came to Vegas. And she tagged along for three three last shows, so she was along for four days, and then uh, we went on vacation uh, to Florida afterwards. Nice. So nice. yeah, so that's something that we try to do to make sure that you know we get some time together and just can hang out and also not be away from each other too long because you know it, it, it can be tedious and you know sometimes like last well fuck it so two years ago now. <laughs> But like when we just released Berserker, we we went on tour in the United States for with with Slayer for three and a half weeks, and then came back home three days. I had three days at home, and then festival tour started. So if she wouldn't have come along for some of the festival shows, we wouldn't have seen each other for like roughly wouldn't have seen each other for like over two months. And you know that's 
I asked the question just because so many of the biggest bands in metal are, you know, still are the ones that established themselves 20 or 30 years ago. And when you're starting out, you're not thinking about lice or kids or any of that stuff. Yeah. And so I always, I'm always curious about how that gets balanced when you have to be on the road so, so often. I mean, it, it can be difficult and it, it is a sacrifice. And I think one thing that I didn't appreciate, at least not in the beginning of a relationship, because I lived alone for so long, so I didn't really think about it, is that like life doesn't really stop when you go on tour. Like life at home doesn't stop when you go on tour, right. <laughs> you know? She's not sitting up at home here and being happy about sitting at home. Yeah. You know, she has she has shit to do and shit happens. You know, <laughs> so it's it's uh, you kind of have to remind yourself that you have to be present when you actually do talk. And we try to talk every day on tour. Like these days, it's easy because you know you have your phone with Skype or you know FaceTime and whatnot, and so it's easy that way. Um, but it, it, when you're halfway across the world, then there's another problem, which is like the time difference. So it, right. sometimes it can be difficult to, to, to time the, the, the phone calls, but we try to make it work. I have a, a funny story about when, when Berserker was released. Um, a good friend of mine, Stefan, who lives in Vegas, is a huge fan of Amanamarth. And so the, when the day the record came out, he told me not to listen to it. And I was like, okay. Uh, why? So just come with me. He was a, he managed. Uh, there's a, there's a nightclub in Las Vegas called Omnia. It's the biggest nightclub in the United States. It's one of the biggest nightclubs in the world. Okay. So the sound system is, as you might imagine, I mean, it's, it's like <laughs> unbelievable. And so we listened to it from from beginning to end, just the two of us. All right. At like noon, we we got some lunch and we just went in and <laughs> this thing on like this giant sound system. It was amazing. That's awesome, man. <laughs> and it's funny. I don't know if you realize the whole reason we're sitting here today right now is because of you, right? Because you introduced me to Brian Slagle. Yeah, and yeah. that's how Brian and I became friends. And then I started turning Brian onto bands that he ended up signing. And after a bunch of them, he said, we should do a label. And so it's like this full circle thing that it's just yeah, it's awesome, a record man. label now because of you. So, so thank you. You know, I didn't mean to meddle in things, but yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Man. I didn't know that story. Brian's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, we met at a Slayer show, I think, at Madison Square. Yeah, Garden. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I knew who Brian was when I was a teenager because I, I, every Saturday I would take the bus to, I, I, I grew up in Rhode Island, tiny little, tiny little town in Rhode Island. And um, I would take the bus to Providence every Saturday to buy all the new records. And they were, at that time in the eighties, they were, you know, it was coming, it was Metal Blade, it was Combat Records, you know, yeah. whatever was out there, um, Megaforce. But, uh, but I knew exactly who Brian was. And then, so then to meet him, you know, 30 years later or whatever it is, 25 years later, and now to have a label with him is really surreal. And it's all because of you. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I try my best. No, I just, it's not because of me. It's its actually, the only thing I did was give you a push out the door. No, I just, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm not Gandalf, but you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you also for including me in your documentary. That was really cool. Oh, yeah, dude. Thanks for doing it, man. It was yeah, brilliant. No, yeah, it was it's 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 uh, it was really cool to do that documentary. I, 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 it was a lot of fun to watch it as well. Like it really, I think it really came out great. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did. It's fantastic. You know, we, we want to try to bring things to a closer. We don't want to keep you up all night. But so, what's if you could say what happens between now and the end of twenty twenty two? Do you think you could get back on the road next year? You think there's a new record next year? What do you, what, what comes first? I would say that probably. I mean. Unless the festivals or some of the festivals happen this summer, I would say that a new record comes first. 
then we're going to hit the roads. And I think possibly a new tour wouldn't happen until 2023 in that case. But it, it's hard to know. Yeah, It depends on how fast we work, how things develop. But I think it would serve us well to be patient and not stress out there. Because as we spoke about earlier, the roads are going to be crowded for a long time. So, yeah. so it's it's we we are in a fortunate position that that we are able to relax a little bit and take it easy and not stress about this. But I know a lot of other bands, uh, unfortunately, are not in that position. So I totally understand that they need to get out there. Talking to you brought back this very weird memory from high school. I had an Amana Marth shirt with whatever lyrics on the back <laughs> and I got in trouble because the shirt was promoting violence. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. I thought you would appreciate that. I was thinking about that. Like I totally forgot about that until this call. And I was like, Oh no, like 10 years ago, <laughs> I got in trouble at school for wearing an Amanda Marth shirt that said something oh, about wow. like, being a barbarian and killing people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that was, that was like always like a favorite heavy metal memory of mine. So thank you. For that. <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> and I, I have a I have a funny road memory from being on that um, Mayhem Festival in 2013 with you. Yeah, yeah. Your guitar tech, Brucey Churchill. Yeah, yeah. Was Brucey. one of my best friends, and then we had lost touch. We hadn't seen each other. In he moved. He moved from New York to to Boston, and we just kind of lost touch. Everyone's busy, and I, I probably hadn't seen or talked to him in three years. And then that one day, I was rolled up on stage, and I saw him. Yes, you're up, and I was like, "What?" And so uh, we reconnected because of you guys too. So that's two things you've done for me. (laughs) See, well, I love Brucey, man. He's he's a fucking awesome guy. You know, he's like, yeah, yeah, I love that guy. Crazy, crazy, crazy bastard. He really is. He's great, though. All right, so do me a favor. Can you spell um the 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 what you're doing with your wife you spelled it earlier but can you oh yeah yeah it's uh a it's my last name though h h e g g yep v e g r and that's on instagram yeah uh yeah and then we have uh then we have the channel on something called boon tv b o o n dot tv okay very cool. It's also Hegwager, by the way. So it's it's uh if if you go there, look for it. It's gonna be Hegwager, and that's where we have the TV channel. And you can you can take a class and try it out, or you can do um, sign up for a monthly membership, or you know. Yeah, um, I recently have, uh, and I'm not I'm not being funny. I recently have. So I moved to Los Angeles to be with my wife full time because we were we were by coastal and yeah. we each other a lot. Um, and so. I've adapted a, like I've been drinking green juice through this whole podcast instead of beer. <laughs> um, I've adopted a healthier lifestyle since I moved out here. And so I've also started doing, um, you know, you know, deep breath work and yoga and whatnot. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to check this out. And so anybody else who's out there listening, check this out, right? H E G G V E G R at Instagram, or you can find it on boon.tv. Do it. I resisted yoga for in breathwork for 49 years and now as i enter 50 i feel better than ever so do it do it brilliant <laughs> any any last words from me anything you want anyone to hear or no well the only thing i can say is i, I really 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 miss beauty in essex now <laughs> <laughs> we're reopening we're reopening next week here in los angeles and we're reopening in two weeks in new york and i think this time, awesome man i think this time we're going to stay open so yeah really happy about that no but seriously that's that's um that's uh, something I want to do when I come back to the States. Let's go. I'm ready. Your table is waiting. <laughs>
Yeah, such great food. And thank you, by the way, I, I was going to say that when you brought up the boxing gloves, but thank you for the, the cookbook, by the way. Oh, cool. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's come in handy. It's, nice. it's difficult okay. because we eat mainly vegetarian food yeah. here, but I've done some stuff and I've adapted it a little bit and it's, it's been beautiful anyway. So awesome. it's, it's, I appreciate that, man. it's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. So that was awesome. Thank you everyone out there for listening to Delirious Nomads sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more. And above all, keep it heavy. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. And my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics... Um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot and listen to Axe for Grind podcast. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip podcast.